Well, if you're listening to this, you're a fan of football in the state of West Virginia, right? And so you probably know this name, Hudson Clement. It's a name you probably don't want to forget because, boy, did he arrive on the scene for the Mountaineers against Duquesne. Five receptions, 170-plus receiving yards, and a trio of touchdowns. Remember that name, Hudson Clement. And yes, that is how you pronounce it. Mm -hmm. It's the Golden Blue Nation podcast. We're coming to you this evening or morning or something like that from Milan Pushkar Stadium after we have been doused with rain for an extended period of time and watched the Mountaineers defeat the Duquesne Dukes as everyone expected that they would. Final score, 56-17. Nick Farrell here alongside Ryan Decker as we put a bow on this one for you. The Mountaineers improved to 1-1 one and one overall ahead of that big one. Yes, that very big one against the other Steel City team, the Pitt Panthers, coming up in one week here at Milan Pushkar Stadium. Uh, Deck, survived that rain delay. Everybody's talking after the game. What'd you mm-hmm. do during the rain delay? What'd you do during the rain delay? What did you do during the rain delay? I worked, mm. as I have been doing. That's and as super interesting. We both have been doing for most of yeah. this day. Yeah, yeah. We, we just continued to work. We watched a little bit you of football. You sound like you're complaining. You sound like no, you're whining. Hey, not complaining at all. Um, as Ren Baker said, we all get overtime, right? Oh, that's <laughs> he asks his boss. Okay, anyway, we all get yeah, overtime, right? We, we watched JT Daniels yeah. put up a big number against Houston. How we about watched that? JT Daniels ball out. We watched. I know John Lowe was watching Marshall a little bit. Beat mm-hmm. up on East Carolina. We were Texas, watching Texas, Alabama. Alabama. I was watching a little bit of the Orioles game as they did something. He watched like, baseball. I did on a college baseball. football Saturday. Yeah. Yeah, geez. And gotta, now he's complaining about working. Uh, and, Win uh, number 90, I saw. There you go. And, and uh, what else did we watch? Oh, yeah, yeah. Cincinnati Pitt. Uh, we'll talk about yeah. that one here in a little bit. Uh, real quick side note. Is Texas back? Just kidding. No, That's a total joke. Uh, let's talk about the Golden Blue, the Mountaineers, 56-17. Uh, this game was kind of interesting. Look, if you thought that West Virginia was going to blow out Duquesne, you were ultimately right. But if you thought it was going to be completely lopsided, like maybe the Towson or LIU games of the last two years, that was probably an uninformed opinion, mm-hmm. right? Because Duquesne not only picked up an FBS win over Ohio two years ago, but has really been respectable against FBS and Power 5 teams right. over the last several years. We're talking about a team, a school, that since 2011 has won at least a share of five NEC titles. And so we knew that Duquesne had a solid defense. We knew that Duquesne had weapons at quarterback and wide receivers, specifically a lot of speed at that position. And that hurt the Mountaineers, who had struggled against the pass against the Nittany Lions. Scores 14-7 midway through the second quarter. Looks like Duquesne's going to tie the score with a touchdown. Mm -hmm. It gets called back on a penalty, so the Dukes end up kicking a field goal. And right after that play, 14-10 with 8-14 to go in the second quarter, They announced that the game has been suspended due to weather in the area. And so we embark upon a two-hour, nearly two-hour weather delay. And right after that, West Virginia comes out and essentially slams the door on this ballgame, which is a four-point game going into the break. The Mountaineers get one of those three touchdown receptions from the one and only Hudson Clement. It's a three-play Quick drive, Garrett Green to Hudson Clement. And Deck, I would say that that has to be the turning point in this contest, that touchdown after the delay to take it back to a double-digit lead for the Mountaineers. Your turning point presented by First Green Mortgage. Your home is the heart of what we do. And really, Deck, after that, the Mountaineers rolled. Right, yeah. So West Virginia comes back on the field. Hudson Clement touchdown, Duquesne punt. Hudson Clement touchdown, Duquesne punt. Another touchdown for West Virginia end of the half. That's how the second quarter ended Mm -hmm. after that rain delay. 
delay that, as you said, lasted almost two hours. I mean, really, West Virginia came out, and like Neil Brown said after the game, they had kind of prepared mentally for the fact that there was likely going to be a delay in this game. You could tell West Virginia was prepared for what to do during a delay and what to do coming out of the delay. And I, I thought it was interesting. Neil Brown said maybe no one needed that delay more than he did because he said <laughs> he, he was kind of at his breaking point at, at that game on the sidelines. You could tell he was getting frustrated with the way his team was playing or kind of not playing up to the standard that he thought they should be playing at. That break was a good reset for this team. Well, look, I think us folks in the industry, we joke when coaches say credit to insert opponent here, right? But I really do think you have to credit this Duquesne team for the way that it played. It was Mm -hmm. opportunistic just as it was in its opener against Edinburgh. West Virginia makes a poor mistake on a punt. And so Duquesne essentially gets two possessions before West Virginia even touched the ball Mm -hmm. and goes up seven zip early, right? And so it just kind of felt sluggish for West Virginia, maybe in the early goings, but certainly after that break with that spark play from Green to Hudson Clement, it seemed like West Virginia said, okay, we're the power five team here. We're going to put the foot on the gas and we're going to run away with this one. And speaking of Garrett Green, Second start of the season, he goes 10 for 18, 240 yards through the air with four touchdowns. Also had a handful of solid runs. Deck, you know, to me, I thought he threw the ball really well tonight. Yeah, eight incompletions, but a handful of those were drops straight up. And I mean, I thought Garrett threw some really pretty balls tonight where his receivers just let him down. And I know there's been some talk on social media about Garrett's throwing ability. T- to me, like, I'm not questioning it, right? I- I've seen enough to know that Garrett is going to put balls on target. Right. It's just a matter of finding the guys who are going to catch it. And so between Garrett and Nico, uh, 14 incompletions on the day, 15 incompletions on the day, and I would say at least six of those are probably drops. I don't have the drops in mm-hmm. front of us right now, but a lot of drops in this game by West Virginia receivers. That was the one thing that, uh, to your point, Garrett was putting passes really right where they should be more often than not. And just sometimes, especially early in this game, receivers were not coming down with those grabs. That that changed the later end of the game we got here. And then Nico dealt with some drops as well uh, when they're receiving into things. But yeah, Garrett, I think he's answered a lot of questions about mm-hmm. his throwing capabilities. It's now kind of on the receivers as to whether or not they are going to catch those passes, especially when they are on target, as they have been more often than not so far. Uh, Hudson Clement, a.k.a. Tutty Huddy, right? We, yeah. we rolling with that one. I like is, that. Was the most reliable receiver. Five receptions, 177 yards, and three scores. Cole Taylor, the big rangy tight end. They're going to use him in the passing game more and more frequently. It seems he went three for 55. Preston Fox had a drop on a would-be touchdown, mm-hmm. uh, but did go two for 34 and also had a TD in the second half of the game. So there's your collection of Garrett Green's touchdown passes three to Clement and one more to Fox. Nico Markiel did not throw for a touchdown, uh, but he did rush for one at the tail end of the ball game. And then as a unit, West Virginia rushed for more than 300 total yards. The majority of those, individually speaking, coming from Jaheim White, who had 100 plus in his debut. Remember, great true freshman yeah. missed the Penn State game due to injury. We knew we'd see him. Had about a dozen carries for 100 plus and really shifty, really speedy, mm-hmm. like what I saw. He looks really good today. Uh, another guy, another freshman, DJ Oliver, looked good and, and, and mm. spare a little bit of time there, but Jaheim White, like you mentioned, 12 carries, 110 yards, averaged 9.2 yards per rush, had that long 39-yard run. Jaheim White looks really good. I mean, he's a guy that I think the longer the season goes on, the more uh, the more healthy he gets, the stronger he gets as he continues to get a little bit of game action. He's, he's going to be a force for this West Virginia running back group, especially you know when C.J. Donaldson needs a blow, and whether it's uh, Justin Johnson or Jalen, or uh, 
Jalen Anderson, yes. Whoever needs a blow after that, Jaheim White's going to be the guy to fill in more often than not. And it's not like you're going to see a production drop off when you get to that third string running back, which is a nice, uh, it's it's nice. What's the word I'm looking for here? It's it's a great. Uh, well, this has been great. I don't know, but I think I'm just going to let this go, Deck, because honestly, I don't really feel like editing this. It is well after midnight. Well, He's a nice asset. Nice to have, asset. Perhaps. There we go. Is that yeah. what you would like? Or maybe it's late. reinforcements? Yeah. Yes. I mean, Ryan Decker has been at it since 8:45 in the morning. It's like a 16-hour shift. For I this did poor almost guy. fall asleep in the office okay. watching football in between Mountaineer <laughs> game day in, in this game. So let's uh, try to wrap this portion up. Then we'll let you listen to head coach Neil Brown uh, on defense. I thought. One of the big plays of the night was Avery Wilcox coming away with an mm-hmm. interception late in the game. Seemed like the team was really fired up. And just as a uh, as an aside, Beanie Bishop also with an interception right. that was a beautiful pick on Great the far play. sideline. Yep. I mean, he reeled it in like he was the intended receiver. Mm-hmm. I think any receiver on West Virginia's roster would have said, hey, Beanie, you've done us proud there <laughs> with that one. Uh, but those two takeaways, I mean, that, that's a good sign, too, for this West Virginia team. Had opportunities against Penn State, simply didn't capitalize right. on those opportunities and to Beanie get was takeaways. One of them. And and Beanie finally gets one, right? Yep. And so that that also is a positive step forward. Right, yeah. So we, we mentioned on Mountaineer Game Day how important it was for West Virginia to show that they could cause turnovers this season. Only twice last year did they cause multiple turnovers in one game. They got one in the belt already this year, mm-hmm. only two games in, causing some turnovers. So they're now plus two in the turnover battle so far this year. It's a good sign early on. But yeah, Avery Wilcox, that play was fantastic. Beanie Bishop, a great play from him as well. So being able to call his turnovers, that's the biggest thing. That was one of the big emphases uh, in the offseason. And finally, West Virginia showing that they're able to do that. Everybody knows the Golden Blue Nation crew really loves running backs coach and offensive coordinator Chad Scott. Fired up on the sidelines all the time for his guys. You know who else is always fired up for his guys? Dante Wright. Yes. I mean, when those guys make a play in the defensive backfield, safety's coach, right? I mean, he is like, he like treats those guys. You can tell how much he loves them, mm-hmm. right? You I can. Mean, when Avery Wilcox makes that play, it's a long embrace <laughs> on the sideline between Coach Wright and yep. Wilcox wearing the turnover helmet. I mean, it is like he loves those guys like they're his sons, man. It's cool to see. And the nice thing was, too, on the long play that led to the Duquesne touchdown really early in this game. Same demeanor, different message for sure, but same demeanor on the sideline from Dante Wright when it comes to consoling and then mm-hmm. trying to teach the DB who was beat on that play. That's that's one thing that I think really kind of lends Dante Wright to getting his message across a lot. He talked about it in the offseason how he's an old school coach, but it's a similar demeanor a lot of the time. The message just changes depending on the situation. Right. So let's talk quickly about did not place guys who were unavailable for West Virginia. I believe Justin Johnson is one at running back, did not play tonight. Devin Carter dressed but was a game-time decision is essentially, as we heard from Coach Brown, the reason why Hudson Clement was targeted so often is that uh, Carter was a game time decision was pulled off after warmups. He had his foot stepped on uh, yeah, during a recent practice, practice yeah. and just hasn't been right. Uh, also, one thing that's too early to sound the alarm because we don't know for sure what the status of punter Oliver Straw mm-hmm. is, uh, but he did go down with an injury in the first half, did not return to action. And you saw him wearing a boot in the right. second half, correct, Ryan? So uh, that's not a good sign. I mean, this is a kid that is arguably one of the best punters in the Big 12 Conference. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know how much Coach Brown loves his special teams, particularly punting and punt coverage, right? Uh, So 
if Straw is out for any extended period of time, that would be a huge loss for West Virginia, but we don't have an update on his status just yet. Right. Now, someone did ask him in the tunnel, kind of going back to the locker room after the game, and of course, this is nothing official, but mm-hmm. someone did ask him, like, you know, how you feeling, Ollie, or whatever, and he said good, I'll be back next week. So at least in his mind, he's in a good spot. I, I think if, you know, if it was anything severe, I don't know if he says that to just to someone in the tunnel who any, anyone could hear that. All right, let's take a quick break here on the Golden Blue Nation podcast. When we come back, we'll listen in on postgame press conferences from head coach Neil Brown and Hudson Clement. Don't fall behind on your home improvement projects. Let First Green Mortgage help you with their variety of home improvement loans, and you can rest assured that your loan stays here. Visit their offices in Bridgeport or Morgantown or apply anytime online at the all-new FGM.bank. Okay, let's take you inside the team facility to the post-game podium where we hear now from head coach Neil Brown. Winning's hard, um, and we made it harder than it needed to be at some points tonight. Um I appreciate all the fans that that came and and showed um, and and came and stayed. Um, Obviously, the weather uh, was a factor. You know, wasn't pleased with how we started. um, And we we had the break. And I think sometimes, you know, how you handle those, we we had talked about it earlier in the day and how we were going to handle it. And I thought the guys did and, um, you know, showed some mental toughness, came out within the first four or five minutes after – after the lightning delay, took care of business. Um, you know, these games are, are important because we got a lot of people to play. So there's a lot of video there um, and some that showed on tape where they, they can potentially play more and then show, some show they're not ready to play yet. And, and that's kind of the way it works. Um, but it's a win. A lot of respect for, for, for that program. I think Coach Schmidt, he does, he's done a really good job. He's done a really good job for a long time. And they do some nice things schematically. Um, they're a team that's used to winning. They weren't intimidated uh, tonight. And they played at Florida State last year and were competitive early as well. And so so kudos to them. Um, and they got some good talent there too. So, um, But proud of our guys. You know, it's uh, – it's hard to do, and so so we'll we'll celebrate this and then get ready for next week. So with that, coach. So start with Hudson. I mean, um, you talked about him in the fall, but obviously that's a huge break. That was Devin hurt, and so yeah. So Devin Devin got stepped on like toward the end of uh, Wednesday's practice, and we felt like he was going to be able to play, and then he just didn't look very good during pregame. And so we just made the decision. So Hudson got the uh, the start probably in the best way possible. Like he knew about the time, about a few minutes before the first snap that he was going to start. And, and, man, I think life's about opportunities. And what do you do with your opportunities? And what he did with his, he went out and had five catches for 177 yards, three touchdowns, and we gave him – no, we didn't give him. He earned a scholarship, and we put him on scholarship. We've been, he's, been, he's been really productive, man. We, I mean, in practice, and we were just waiting for him to do it in a game, and he broke out. And so, man, super happy for him. Gatorade Player of the Year in the state of West Virginia and uh, had a phenomenal senior year. Uh, you could see him. He's not one of these guys that's just going to be okay. He's got, a, he's got a real chance. He can run. Um, and so he's really progressed over the last year, and and so so happy for him and, and his family also. Locker room afterwards. Yeah, right then, man. Battle 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 time promotion. Duquesne had six pass plays of 15 yards or more tonight. Yeah, that's that's concerning. 
what's it going to take to clean yeah those yeah that's uh we got to be better in the secondary like that's you know our hope was we brought in some veterans and we were going to fix that and and quite frankly we haven't done that through two games and so we've got to we've got to go back to the drawing board now we worked on some things last week that we didn't show in this game uh, because who we got coming up um but we got to get those things corrected. And some of it, man, some of it's just a little bit of when it's time to go play, we got to make plays. You know, we had guys falling down the first quarter, you know, like just falling down. And so we've got to play better. Um, I thought the the rest of the second second quarter, beginning of the third, they got in the spots they were supposed to be. Um, some of those down in the, later in the third into the fourth where we had our threes and fours in, not as, not as concerned with those. Not that it's okay, um, but some of them early. Now, the one kid can run. Like, he's legit. Like, he's legit fast. Um, the uh, Keyshawn Brown, like, he can really run, run. Um, but still, like, we got to be better. It's Like, to say I'm frustrated with that would be an understatement. You know, downfield plays, more explosive plays this time. Is that more pleasing to you? Well, we seem to be more accurate on the downfield passes than we do the short ones. So, like, we're probably going to call more of those. Um, no, I, I think that um, we called some of those last week. And we didn't get them matched up coverage-wise. We just missed them. And tonight we, we were intentional about calling them more. We practiced them quite a bit on, on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. And so it was good to see them come to fruition and, and be able to connect in a game. Well, I think that's where you got to be really careful. So I had some um, experience coaching and playing. And so um, we really just kind of left them alone. And it kept resetting. And so we just left him alone. We met as coaches for a minute, and uh, I wasn't real pleased at the start of that. Uh, probably the break was as good for me as anybody um, because I was I was at kind of a, a breaking point there with just how we played early. Um, but we just really left the guys alone. And um, our offense skill guys went there and caught balls. Uh, sometimes you could tell after that. Sometimes you couldn't. Um, but we caught a bunch of balls. Um, Coach Mike. When we when we knew when we felt like pretty good that it was going to be the last thirty minute break, then we treated like a halftime and and then we we started our warm up process inside and then carried it out on the field and and much and listen like that's hard to do you know you shut down everything and so credit to our guys like I'm frustrated with some how we played early but I'm really pleased with how they handled adversity we challenged them in the locker room about you know being mentally tough and and, and you know, the response was good and. And they came out and, and took care of business. And as Coach Brown mentioned, Hudson Clement put on scholarship after West Virginia's win over the Dukes to improve to one and one. Let's listen now to the Martinsburg native who had the biggest game of his career with the old Golden Blue thus far. Honestly, I'd, I'd say the scholarship. I mean, that's that's something you know. When I came here, I knew I'd have to grind for, and you know, every day you're sort of playing with that in, in your mind, like that. That's what you're. That's sort of the goal. So um, I mean. I mean, three touchdowns, obviously a crazy accomplishment, um, especially first game. But um, that scholarship really just is the biggest thing for me. You surprised yourself at all today? I mean, you know, I, I have the utmost confidence in myself to uh, perform at a high level. But, um, you know, three touchdowns, no one really expects to go into a game, their first uh, college football game playing like that and score three touchdowns. But, um, you know, I was confident in myself. Coach Brown compared it to your performance in the state championship game, or he alluded to it just yep. as far as stepping up in big games. Yep. Was it a similar feeling out there? Yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, uh, after especially the third one, and, um, you know, it just feels, it, yeah, it sort of feels like that feeling back then when I was in high school, and, it, um, yeah, they felt very similar. 
Oh yeah, um, I think we were coming out of the tunnel. We just did our little warm up with Mike Joe and um, uh, Coach Lau, the receivers coach, uh, told me he was like, "Hey, you're up at Z," and I was like, "Sounds good, Coach." <laughs> I think I like it better that way. Um, he didn't tell me uh, ahead of time because um, I think I would have, you know, thought about it a lot more and would have got in my head maybe a little bit. But um, I think it went good. Did you have nerves though for like the four or five minutes before? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I was, yeah, I was a little nervous. Um, first few snaps, I was pretty nervous, but then you know, after that, you get the groove of it, and you start, you know, playing football, and it just feels like normal football out there. That's like your, your third touchdown, wide open. What's going through your mind when the ball is in the air? You, you can probably tell that you know, as long as you catch it. Yeah, I mean, it, that's the. I mean, that's the best feeling as a wide receiver. Um, a little hat trick, and you know it worked perfectly. And then you're running down the field wide open, and uh, you see the ball come, and you know you're going to score. You know everything's like went how it was supposed to be. It's. I mean, it's the it's the best feeling as a receiver. How are you different? What did you improve upon after high school? Um, I think after high school, I really tried to improve on uh, my speed and just that like athleticism. I feel like in high school, that was the one thing that didn't really separate me was my speed. I, um, but I think coming up here, with, working out with Mike Joe all through the summers and uh, winter workouts, everything, I think that's really been one of the biggest uh, things for me is working on my speed and just like athleticism. Time for final thoughts here on the Golden Blue Nation podcast. Nick Farrell and Ryan Decker to put a bow on this one for you. Deck, West Virginia getting ready for the big one, the one that's been circled on calendars for years and years. It's the Backyard Brawls mm-hmm. return to Morgantown. First time they will play this rivalry contest here in the University City. It's set for Saturday at 730 on ABC, and it's the hardest ticket in town to get. It's sold out. Well, Pitt is coming off a loss coming into this game. Yeah. Uh, 27-21 at the hands of Cincinnati in the River City rivalry, losing at home at Acrisure Stadium, formerly known as Heinz Field, forever known as Heinz Field forever. in my heart, yes. right? Uh, to me, I was keeping an eye on that score, just curious, you know. Seems like Pitt maybe has some question marks at quarterback. It turned out that Keaton Slovis wasn't all that last season. Uh, Phil Jerkovic is the guy, Pine Richland guy. He's a Pittsburgh native, played at Notre Dame and Boston College before winding up back in his hometown. Uh, you know, it, it's just, to, to me, Deck, like when I look at it just from an outsider's perspective, the last thing that I think I wanted from a West Virginia perspective was to see a very ticked off pit team coming into Milan Pushkar Stadium, right? I mean, if I'm a West Virginia player, I'm saying I've been ticked off for the last year. I've been waiting for these guys. Right. Well, now you've got a pit team that's going to come into Morgantown and be pretty unhappy that it just lost to Cincinnati, a team that seems like it could be down in the bottom half of the Big 12 standings this year, right? Was picked right. to finish next to last, mm-hmm. just above West Virginia. Uh, give me your your you know, bird's eye view early take on this one coming up. So I definitely agree. You don't want Pitt to have any more motivation mm-hmm. than it already needs coming into a rivalry game like the Backyard Brawl. The flip side of that is Cincinnati has likely given West Virginia a good blueprint of the flaws that Pitt has in this team. You talk about quarterback, any other facet of Pitt's games that, that really at two games into this season are showing to be a weakness. West Virginia now has a good film on that to be able to exploit it hopefully uh, next week. So th- that is my takeaway, I think, from Bird I view and obviously not being able to watch any of that Cincinnati game is that the tape's now out there of how to beat the Panthers. It's now West Virginia's job over the next five and a half days to go watch that tape, dissect it, figure out how to exploit it as well. Deck, I can't wait, man. Same here. I can't wait. I, I didn't 
get to have the last one. Yeah, I know. You were yeah. on your honeymoon, right? Yeah. That's the context there. And so I got to go. Pittsburgh is my hometown. And so right. I was so lucky to be there for the first backyard brawl in I a decade. I did that for you. Yeah, that's yeah. right. You got married so yes. that I could go to the backyard brawl. That's what I did. Thank you, Kylie Decker. Uh-huh. Uh, but man, for it to be here in Morgantown, this place is going to be absolutely electric, yeah. right? And as I said last year, and I'll say it again this year, narratives change after this game. Seasons could be made or broken by this one game, right? And and maybe that's an over-dramatization from a guy who loves sports in the media, right? But I really do think that's true. And it is absolutely true with two one-and-one teams coming into Milan Pushkar Stadium, West Virginia and Pitt. Who's going to be two-and-one before league play begins? It's so important for WVU. It could be a season maker for the Mountaineers. Even if this Pitt team is down, even if it's not the caliber of some of the teams it's going to face in the Big 12 this season, this next game is huge for WVU. It's huge for both sides. For from West Virginia side, obviously one and two and one looks a lot better than one and two, for no matter which team it is. But two and one puts you in a nice position, a little bit of momentum mm-hmm. heading into Big Twelve conference play. A Texas Tech team up first that really is struggling. That team might be really motivated here in a couple weeks, depending on what happens in week three. And then down the line, you've got some tough games coming up. But if you're Pitt, man, if you exit Milan Pushkar Stadium one and two, and then you have a ranked UNC team on your schedule. What might have been a good-looking season, or at least a season that you were somewhat interested in, maybe goes down the tube really quickly. And I'm sure everybody in West Virginia is just crossing their fingers that right now, hoping that's correct. We've got to wait till next week to find Mm -hmm. out, though, if that is the case. But West Virginia, I mean, great opportunity to get on a roll before conference play and possibly maybe stack a couple wins here that might not have been foreseen a week ago, a couple months ago, maybe. No matter the sport, no matter the season, the backyard brawl always matters. But when they play it on the gridiron at Mountaineer Field, it just matters a little bit it more. It does. Can't wait for that one next week. For now, West Virginia has completed a 56-17 victory over Duquesne to get to 1-1 one one in this young regular season. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Golden Blue Nation podcast. Invite you to subscribe or follow us on your favorite podcast platform. We're available on Apple, Spotify, Google, and Amazon Music, just to name a few. Make sure you check out all the other goodies on our website, goldenbluenation.com, and on the free Golden Blue Nation app, including more post-game sound, a complete game recap, highlights, and a whole bunch more. He's Ryan Decker. He's been working for going on 17 hours. And I'm Nick Farrell. We appreciate you listening to the Golden Blue Nation podcast. And we'll talk to you after the Backyard Brawl.